Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, January 29th, and we start with local news. The Columbia Police Department is trying to locate 22-year-old missing person Benjamin Benji Martin. Benjamin was last seen in the area of Osage Trail in Columbia on January 23rd, wearing a black hoodie and black pants. Benjamin is 6 feet tall, weighing 156 pounds, with brown hair and brown eyes. Any person with additional information that may assist in this or any other investigation is encouraged to contact Columbia Police Department Dispatch 24 hours a day at 931-388-2727, Murray County Crime Stoppers at 931-381-4900, or Columbia Police Safe Tip email to safetips at columbiatn.com. Dispatchers in Murray County helped a couple deliver a baby on the side of the road. Early Saturday morning, around 2.25 a.m., units responded to a reported childbirth in progress. When the couple knew they wouldn't make it to the hospital, they pulled over at Murray County Fire Station 27 at the intersection of Bear Creek Pike and Highway 431. Dispatchers were able to give instructions and talk the couple through the process before the Murray County Sheriff's Office, Murray County EMS, and Murray County Fire Department arrived. When crews did arrive, they found a healthy baby and mother and took them to a local hospital. Too often, our 911 operators don't get the credit they deserve for the work that they do, so please join us in showing appreciation for a job well done, the Murray County Fire Department said. The city of Mount Pleasant issued a request Friday morning asking all customers to reduce their water usage at least through the weekend in hopes of avoiding a boil order. On Friday, January 26, the city issued a statement through its Facebook page stating in part, The last two weeks of snow, ice, and rain have taken a toll on the system, and we are currently experiencing major mechanical issues at our water plant as a result. The system operators, with help from outside agencies, are working diligently to make sure our system stays online. Customer Service Supervisor Ashley Simpson stated that the city had already been forced to cut off service for some industrial facilities as of 11 a.m. on Friday in an effort to conserve water. We're asking the citizens to conserve water at this point. There's a lot of mechanical issues, water levels are low in the tanks, so to avoid us more or less running out of water, we have asked everybody to conserve. Don't use anything you don't have to, she stated. Simpson said the request would go through the weekend and the city would reevaluate at the beginning of this week. Your cooperation is important and all users are urged whenever possible to defer activities which may use large amounts of water until this conservation order is lifted. We will announce the end of this water conservation period as soon as we have found and repaired any leaks, made plant repairs, and have restored our water storage to normal levels, the city stated. As of this morning, they issued the following statement, Our water tank levels and operations have stabilized for now. We are going to allow for industries and business to return to normal operations at 6 a.m. Monday morning. We ask all our customers to continue to conserve water as we are actively searching for leaks within the system. A number of Middle Tennessee utilities have issued boil water advisories in the aftermath of the recent snow and ice, including Giles and Lawrence Counties. 
Those needing further information on this matter are asked to call 931-379-7717. Marcy Jewell's Mealhouse and Bakery announced it will close for business. The restaurant, formerly an abandoned general store built in 1891, was first opened by Rory Feek's wife, Joey, and his sister, Marcy, in Columbia in 2007. The restaurant is located at 4205 U.S. Highway 431 in Columbia. On social media, they shared the news that after 17 years, the doors to the restaurant will permanently close. Stating, A close sign was originally put on the door last week temporarily, just until the broken pipes inside could be fixed. But unfortunately, it's not going to come down. Between the residual impact on the business from the pandemic, soaring food prices, the deteriorating building, and a hundred other factors, what worked before just doesn't work anymore. We made the decision a few days ago that the restaurant is closed for good and the land and building will be going up for sale soon. Rory Feek shared memories about Marcy Joe's in a blog post. It's the spot where I made my first real storytelling video, and later where we filmed 50-something cooking segments for our TV show from 2012 to 2014. Continuing, he said, We've made music videos there, Overstock.com commercials. It's been featured on Tennessee Crossroads and in dozens of magazine articles. It was the setting for a funny, long-forgotten TV pilot we made, and another one that Heidi Klum and Seal filmed in 2011 that never came out. It's where we first hosted the popular songwriter nights that we still do. People have gotten married there, gotten engaged. We've prayed with customers and grieved over them when they passed. It's been bitterly cold inside in the winter and brutally hot in the summer. The floorboards have holes in them and lean hard to the south. When a truck ran into the side of Marcy Joe's in 2009, it just shook a couple of times and leaned the other way. That old restaurant is a piece of history. That is now a piece of our history, he wrote. In the next couple of months, items from the restaurant will be for sale. Follow Marcy Joe's Mealhouse and Bakery on social media for updates. If anyone is interested in purchasing the property, you can contact Keith at Keith at HardisonMill.com. Columbia State Community College recently hosted an academic and research fair to display students' research to promote opportunities for academic high-impact practices participation among students and faculty. The college-wide event was sponsored by the Columbia State Honors Program and organized by Columbia State faculty members Dr. Anna Duke, Associate Professor of History and Coordinator of the Honors Program, and Dr. Elvira Ivazova. Associate Professor of Biology and Tennessee Board of Regents Ambassador for High Impact Practices in Undergraduate Research. Judges included faculty representatives from the Science, Technology, and Math Division, as well as the Humanities and Social Sciences Division. The goal of the Academic and Research Fair is to provide an intellectually stimulating experience for our students outside of the traditional classroom setting, Ivazova said. Inspired and guided by their faculty mentors, students conducted literature research on a range of topics of their choosing. Such scholarly activity helps to advance students' critical thinking, creativity, research, and writing skills in a non-traditional way. To recognize students' creative efforts, monetary prizes were awarded to the top posters in each participating category. We are thrilled to observe a growing number of participants in the fair, she said. The fair invited students to showcase their talent and creativity by presenting a research project in the form of a poster presentation. 
These presentations covered a wide range of topics in science, math, humanities, business, and technology. The exhibition was held in both the Columbia and Williamson campuses. In the math and science category, Eleanor Fix won third place with the project Drug Usage and Stress Among Adolescent Population. Alyssa Helmick won second place with the project Bone Loss, the Effect of Microgravity on the Bones, Muscles, and Connecting Nerves. And Madeline Folletti won first place with the project Snake Venom, Toxicity and Therapeutics. In the humanities category, Olivia Loud won third place with the project The Princes in the Tower. Cameron Cox won second place with the project Casual Theories on the Black Death and Meriwether Lewis, Murdered. And Hannah Fritch won first place with the project Jerome. John Pickle won the Business and Technology category for leading his group project. The U.S. government spent $6.273 trillion in 2022, along with his team of William Miles and Brian Jacobs. Spring Hill City Planners reviewed a proposed concept plan to construct a 58-unit set of townhomes, some of which would serve as live-work residences. The townhomes would be located on 11.13 acres along the intersection of Twin Lakes Drive and Buckner Lane and was submitted by applicant Reagan Smith. The concept is to provide a blend of live-work townhomes, residential townhomes, and single-family homes. In addition to the residential units, the development will also include several amenities to provide a modern neighborhood feel, which is a community pavilion, dog park, community garden, and fire pit. Since the project is only in the concept plan phase, no votes will be taken on the item at this time, according to the City of Spring Hill Planning staff report. Jay Easter, an architect representing Reagan Smith, said the next phase would be to develop a plan to annex the property, as it currently resides outside of the Spring Hill city limits, as well as zoning requests prior to site plan designs. These will be owner-operated with a residential space above, with a commercial space for office or small retail on the first floor, Easter said, and these will front onto Twin Lakes Drive. Once approved, the goal is for construction to start sometime in 2025 and conclude in 2027. As the Planning Commission began discussions regarding the project, Alderman Trent Linville stated that one of the requirements for a planned development, according to the city's Unified Development Code, is to provide a significant public benefit. Easter said his team is currently finalizing what that benefit would be specifically, which is partly why the project is still in the concept phase. The request for use is fairly different from the surrounding area, which is primarily residential, and especially with a school adjacent to it, Linville said. Justification for why we should be moving away from that is definitely something I want to be looking for. There is still some work to be done to make sure we have enough to justify this is a substantial benefit, he said. Alderman Matt Fitterer suggested the item be submitted as a discussion item for the Board of Mayor and Alderman. Ultimately, I don't think there's any point in us providing a ton of feedback to the applicant without the applicant also getting the opportunity to get in front of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, Fitterer said. The development, in its current design, proposes to include approximately 105 on-street parking spaces, some of which would serve as parallel spaces at the front of the homes. This drew concerns from some planners, particularly Jonathan Duda, who said the parallel spaces would pose a safety hazard in regard to school traffic. My comment would be to seriously reconsider on-street parking at Twin Lakes Drive or Austin's Way, which is the main road for 16- and 17-year-olds to drive to school and school buses, Duda said. 
I understand the traffic calming nature of parallel parking, but I just don't see that being viable in this scenario, he said. Planning Commission Vice Chair James Golius agreed, saying that while public parking is needed for the live-work units, having it fronting a road which experiences heavy volumes of school traffic should be reconsidered. Maybe it would make more sense if the live-work was internal, maybe across from the stormwater detention or the park, Golius said. It kind of gets it off the main thoroughfare and gives more of a destination. From a parking standpoint, it may help mitigate some of that on-street parking on Twin Lakes Drive with an opportunity where there is less traffic, he said. Spring Hill's Board of Mayor and Aldermen met for its annual advance last Friday and Saturday to discuss some of the most important issues facing the city in the coming year. Mayor Jim Hageman said he believed city leaders were able to identify problem areas and debate solutions for those issues during the meetings. We were able to get all of our department heads and the board into a room to discuss the needs of the city, he said. Being able to have those discussions helped us to find the best way forward on those issues. It may not have been a consensus every time, but we feel like we have a plan everybody will get behind, he said. The open, advertised meeting tackled major points of emphasis in the city, such as the water and sewage solutions the city is currently in the process of implementing, the Capital Improvement Plan, or CIP, and the Urban Growth Boundary, UGB. The biggest challenges we face in the coming years are all infrastructure, Hageman said. We're doing our best to get ahead of projects where we can. The Nashville metro area is growing exponentially, and we have to make sure we are able to meet the need where we can, if not get out ahead he said. With the UGB, Williamson County has preliminarily approved the countywide plan contingent on Spring Hill's upcoming approval of the city's local approval. The county asked us to determine a plan for infrastructure, and there is unfinished business with the county, he said. I asked the county to give us some time to have my team come up with a plan on how we want to proceed. We are ready to start the process of submitting our UGB when we get back, he said. One of the biggest hurdles, Mayor Hageman said, is expanding east of I-65, which is one of the major topics the board discussed during the meeting. With the addition of June Lake and the recent TIF approval for Project Suitcase, an industrial and commercial development that may include a private airfield in the future, the city knows how important it is to get the proper infrastructure in place before it becomes necessary. Other discussions within the CIP included what buildings needed to be on the priority list to build, centering around a new fire station and library. In order to pay for these future upgrades and improvements, Mayor Hageman said the board discussed a number of options. Everything was on the table regarding funding, he said. That includes raising fees for water, sewer, and garbage, as well as raising taxes. But we also talked about how to get more grants from the state and federal governments. It's always a big deal when we do when we can do creative financing with grant money to help abate as much taxpayer money as we can, he said. The current state of water and sewer has been a top priority for the city, and it has recently been granted money to implement a pilot program in the state, but many questions remain. Mayor Hageman said it was good to hear the status of those projects as well. Throughout the duration of this issue, there have been consultants and staff who have been focused on nothing but this issue, he said. We invited all of them to the table to present to us what they have. The annual advance meeting is held in January of each year, which allows the board to nail down their top priorities for both the calendar year and fiscal year ahead of budget season. The meeting is advertised and is open to the public, Mayor Hageman added. We always want to see the general public interested in the city's business, 
at any meetings we have, including this one, he said. It isn't a typical meeting format, but we think a lot of good comes from these advances, and we hope the public feels the same way once we get back to the business of the city, he said. Join Murray Alliance on Tuesday, January 30th for their most anticipated event of the year as they celebrate their accomplishments for 2023 and recognize the transition of their volunteer leadership. This will be a lively night of entertainment and networking celebrating business and industry in Murray County with dinner and beverages by It's Chef Jess and live music featuring the Velvet Troubadours. Purchase tickets to the Murray Alliance annual meeting now to guarantee a seat at their biggest event of the year. The event will take place from 5 to 8 p.m. on January 30th at the Memorial Building, located at 308 West 7th Street in Columbia. For more information, visit www.murrayalliance.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Randy Irvin Davidson, 71 a retired machine operator for Union Carbide and a resident of Kalioka, died Saturday, January 27th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services will be conducted on Friday, February 2nd at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Thursday, February 1st from 4 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Condolences may be extended online at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies that will dissipate throughout the day and give way to mostly sunny skies in the afternoon. The high will be 46 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect mostly clear skies and a low of around 27. Winds will remain light and variable. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. This is Debbie Matthews with the National Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs, and I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with National Realty Group, 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. 
and it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Are you a homeowner looking to unlock the potential of your home equity? Explore a home equity loan with First Farmers. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and we would like to invite you to access funds with a home equity loan. For home improvements, invest in education, or simplify your finances, you can make your dreams a reality with the power of your home equity. Get started today. Apply online at myfirstfarmers.com or call to speak with one of our team specialists at 1-800-882-8378. Equal housing lender. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because He changed mine. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Varilis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Saxton Friday morning announced plans to introduce a bill that would amend the state constitution and allow judges to not set bail for a wider variety of violent charges. The move could open the door for fewer people charged with violent offenses to have an avenue for pretrial release. 
The amendment was announced during a press conference at Memphis City Hall that saw Memphis Mayor Paul Young flanked by Sexton, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, a number of state legislators representing Memphis and Shelby County, local law enforcement officials, and Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy. Sexton said the measure is intended to allow the judicial branch to have more discretion when it comes to setting or denying bail. He also said judges would be required to explain why they decided to deny bail. There are a lot of cases all across our state that you've seen, not just in Memphis, but all across the state, for someone who is out on bail, who is a violent criminal, who committed another violent crime shortly thereafter that took another victim, Sexton said. We don't have the tools to give, due to that limiting constitutional aspect, the judges and the DAs, the capability of denying bail on those violent criminals, he said. Bail has been a hotly contested topic over the last year, with former Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland placing blame for the rising crime rate in Memphis on defendants posting bail and committing more crimes. The Memphis Police Department has voiced similar concerns, citing repeat offenders as the culprit. However, it is not clear if they are referencing people committing crime after leaving prison, posting bail, or racking up a number of charges before their arrest. The state legislature has also taken aim at bail, filing a number of bills to limit which offenses people can be charged with and allowed to be released on their own recognizance. Mulroy has consistently pushed back on the notion that bail is leading to a higher crime rate, pointing to data between September 2021 and March 2023 that showed that 12.5% of all offenses committed were alleged to have been committed by people out on bail with less than 1% of all offenses being violent offenses which people were out while people were out on bail. Data from Shelby County General Sessions Court has also indicated that fewer people are being arrested while out on bail since the bail hearing room, a constant target by political officials, was opened in February of 2023, compared to before the bail hearing room was opened. The average bail amount for violent charges has gone up under the reformed bail system in Shelby County, according to the data collected by Just City. The bill has not yet been introduced, and a specific list of violent crimes has not yet been listed, Sexton said. He did, however, emphasize that nonviolent offenses would not be eligible to be denied bail. We're still working on the language, Sexton said Friday morning when he asked when asked what specifically the amendment changes. There's a section of the Constitution that says that the only thing that's a deniable bail offense, I'm paraphrasing, is a capital offense. Basically, that means first-degree murder is how it's interpreted. There are other violent crimes that we think should be there. We're working through that process, but it would be just violent crime, not petty crimes, he said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Living with a worn joint can be painful and frustrating. Leave your joint pain in the past with a joint replacement procedure at Murray Regional Health. Our joint replacement program has been recognized in the top 10% of the nation for medical excellence and patient safety thanks to our highly skilled and experienced surgical staff who perform progressive procedures for the knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, and ankles. For more information, go to murrayregional.com slash joint replacement. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercarry.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The 300-foot iconic General Jackson showboat will welcome guests aboard for a romantic Valentine's Day evening cruise on Wednesday, February 14th. The three-hour experience departs the dock at 7 p.m. and includes a delectable three-course meal, followed by musical entertainment and dancing. Guests will enjoy beautiful scenery and panoramic views of Nashville's skyline while cruising down the Cumberland River. You can learn more about the cruise, the Valentine's Day cruise, at www.generaljackson.com. The General Jackson Sowboat is one of Nashville's most visible and popular attractions with a rich history in its 38-year existence. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.